So apparently today is the day where you go house to house and deliver Christmas cards to people's mailboxes. You're listening to Warm Beer in the Cheap Seats podcast, WBCS, with Big Mike and Casey. Take it away, Casey. That's right. Live on a Friday, it's Casey here. And we're Warm Beer in the Cheap Seats, WBCS. And uh, she must be talking about the Postmaster General uh, that uh, comes around and delivers your mail door to door. No, it was somebody doing their own deliveries. Hmm. It was kind of strange. Well, it's strange because, uh, you know, it's still a stamps like only like 49 cents. I know. I was thinking maybe she doesn't realize that the price of gas is a lot more. Yeah. I don't know. But she knew that I was thinking that it was a little strange. And maybe the other person in the car with her had this bright idea. I don't know. But she looked at me and she said, just dropping off a Christmas card. Oh, you watched her? Uh Uh-huh. Right here at Studio EFG. So at what point did you yell citizen's arrest and (laughs) apprehend um, someone that broke a federal law? I didn't. Which federal law is that? Well, handling mail. You You can't put mail in people's mailboxes. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Uh-oh. Yep. That's a lawbreaker right there. I think I did know that once upon a time. Hmm. You know what I just realized, though? I bet you my face is probably the reason why she said, just delivering a Christmas card. Yeah. Don't report me. But probably my face said it all. You know what? I didn't think about it till now. I would tell him not only am I a postmaster, <laughs> but I'm also a general. So, and a scholar. And a scholar. All right, Big Mike. Big Mike is um, driving around uh, the Atlantic side, the Atlantic seaboard, if you will. Hmm. Not sure what he's doing, but he's he's. Uh, I think he was up in the Daytona area. Hmm. You know, not sure what what he's up. To, but we have a couple things to discuss. Uh, there are a couple new movies. One a little closer to the horizon. The other one just. Uh, Bubbling and brewing. Uh, there's a new baseball league forming overseas. Subway will join us at some point if he knows how to connect his phone. And he'll have a list for us. Big Ed's rock and roll retrospective is Nirvana's and Utero as he descends further into the grunge era. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, more things that we can sidebar and have topics about. Can I say something about the grunge era? Sure. So last night, Seattle Seahawks played football against, now I can't even remember who. San Francisco 49ers. Thank you, who Mm -hmm. beat them. But it took me till the end of the game to realize that every song they were playing right before commercials was the Seattle sound music like different seattle bands yes like grunge correct it was interesting it took me for real the whole game and then i was like i see what they're doing what just happened i don't know 
How? I don't know, but you're gonna have to put that on mute if you can. I'm gonna try. A ghost got, turned it back. Yeah, we got a little. That's weird. Wow. Yeah. Here, why don't you bring that over here? Well, we got rustling going on in the background, and Sweet Mo struggling with the remote. What channel is it on? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Casey. Yeah. What channel? Uh, I got college football on mine. Right. It's on Fox Sports 1. Copy that. Yeah. No. Well, college football they're doing for, you know, Friday, which they haven't really done before. They're, you know, that Friday after Thanksgiving is usually a dud for sports. They did college football today? Yeah. That's oh. why uh, WWE is on Fox Sports oh. 1. They generally do this on now. Uh, this is going to be a new thing. And, you know, there's a big, uh, you know, football game, Oregon and whoever, and some other game. I think there's a, a Big Ten game going on, uh, maybe on a Penn State and somebody. I don't know. I, I was working all day, so I, I was not privy to what was going on. I know NFL was playing a game today as well, which is the first time they've really – then one on a Friday. I don't know what took them so long. I mean, they're so eager to always play on Thursdays mm-hmm. through the right rest of the year. And, you know, I digress. So <laughs> something happened. A team played another team and mm-hmm. one team underperformed and another one <laughs> overperformed. And in the end, the, all the gamblers lost. So that's all that matters mm-hmm. to Vegas. Yeah. Some so. people cried. It's very sad. I, I too was, uh, under the work spell. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty wild where I was at, so I, I couldn't even begin to describe. But hmm. it looks like Beverly Hills Cop 4 is a wrap. Uh, they're leaking photos, and it's going to be released soon on Netflix. Hmm. Uh, that is the Axel Foley story. Nick Nolte? No, that was uh, another 48 hours. This one is, uh, this is where he comes from Detroit and he hangs out with uh, uh, Judge Reinhold and the other guy, you know, and he's always, uh, you know, solving a crime. And by the way, Judge Reinhold is reprising his role in it. And so is uh, Bronson Pinchot, uh, a.k.a. Balky. Uh-uh. Yes. So, and this, really? yeah, and this one, he's uh, pulled back to LA to help his daughter out. Valkyas? Um, no. Eddie Murphy's character of Axel Foley. Oh. Yes. I'm watching for Balky. And they got a couple uh, new people jo- uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's in it um, and Kevin Bacon. Oh. The bacon. Two good, yeah, two good actors. Hey, you know, I, I was having issues with Sharon. So I was reading a story on, and we could get back to, you know, Beverly's whole 
You're good. I mean, I mean, they've waited 30 years to make this one, so. Yeah, so we could wait 12 more minutes. Right. So I read an article on on People Magazine, and let me see if I could try to get it sent to you guys. But anyways, Kevin Bacon likes cooking, and he said the secret to a super crisp turkey is mayonnaise. Hmm. That kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. I, he said uh, you got to just kind of coat the turkey. You got to spread it evenly, but it helps brown it and makes it crispier. He, what did he say about bacon on a turkey? I don't know. Being the baconator. You'd think he would go with turkey. Uh, I mean, with yeah, bacon. Yeah. You don't want to get cooked. Yeah. I don't know. I've never heard of mayonnaise, but I guess it makes sense. There's fat in it and, you know, whatnot. Well, you know, at Peppers, the old Peppers with Greg, he used to put mayonnaise on the Reuben instead of butter to toast it. Hmm. So oh, I, yeah. I could see how the Christmas because of the eggs. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Or you just put it in the oven without anything on it, and it'll definitely turn brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave it in long enough. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got no secret recipe. Come on, we all know the secret. Drink too much wine, have too many beers. Yeah. I thought you were based in the turkey. No, I thought you were, you know. <laughs> and then you realize the chimney is on fire. I thought you were making a salad. Yeah, that's someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big Ed, if you're not, I mean, all right, so we had Thanksgiving, right? An American holiday. It happened. It happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people celebrate with having a turkey. If turkey's not your go to yeah. protein, oh, so sweet Melissa said ham. Well, that's like the second obvious. Italians uh, have both. They do. They do a ham and a turkey. Hmm. So do children of um, people who went to culinary school. So both of you going to go with ham? If you no. If you, oh, okay. No, I'd make a lasagna. Oh, okay. I'd, I'd go Italian. Totally Italian. Baby die goes with steak. Yeah, she did it right. Just leave us alone. We're going to cook steaks. <laughs> that was smart. What kind? I wonder what kind of steaks. Mm. Uh, ribeye. Oh, ribeye. That's fun. Mm. Got to have we had, some. We had, a, we had a quick combo yesterday. Mm. <clears throat> well, I've done rib, just sides before. Ribeye is going to need some mushrooms. And uh, you know, a little little dip in action too, maybe. So I went I went to the Abadies. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Food, food was fabulous, but awkward because pe- some people aren't talking in that family. Really? No, right, fakely, well, of course, really. Fakely. That'd be more fun. Would have been if it was fakely, but it was really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you hint to us which ones they are? 
No, uh, we can. You can speculate. Yeah. Oh, can I though? Have you met me? Yeah. <laughs> you could tell us later. I feel like I'm speculating the wrong people. This is very yeah. I don't. Yeah, two two different feuds. So, hmm. family feud. Uh, yeah, yeah. That I was on the it. Thanksgiving special SNL we watched. Uh, that was funny. You you were on it. Yeah, I don't. She's just uh, yelling out family feud. That she it. she she watched a little SNL. They're you know they do an annual holiday special. Yeah, they, they have do, so there's they some do like a Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't watch it, but they they were watching you know whatever they were doing, and I guess they had one of the million Family Feud sketches on there. So I I can't speak on which one it was. I'm sure it's the you know the one guy always plays uh, uh you know the host. Uh, Keenan Keenan Thompson always plays uh, uh, Steve Harvey, but yeah. I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> what the other rest of the bit was, you know. So, did you see the video I sent you? Mm, no, the Jethro Tull from the Rock and Roll oh. Circus. Well, I have the DVD. Do you know who played guitar? I didn't uh, recognize that it was. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that till just a few hours ago. It was just you know. Scrolling through, reading my music magazine stuff, and I'm like, "What? Tony Iommi? Yeah, pre Sabbath playing, and real the star of that is the bass player playing the harmonica and the bass, and laying down a tasty groove at the same time while doing the harmonica. I, I really like that song. Right, that's cool. Yeah, that that's a like a go to song that was like uh, something I'd always listen to before going out. Yeah, it's a guy. It's a quick. It's three minutes. Yeah, it's upbeat. It's fun. Yep. Little, yep. little song for Jeffrey. Yep. Except you can substitute for Casey. It works. Right. You know. Excellent song. That's fun. Now, that's a fun little uh, time capsule, that whole Rolling Stones rock and roll circus, for sure. Yeah. You got the Clapton wearing a sweater. It looks like my mom knitted for him. Um, playing in a one-off band called the Dirty Mac with John Lennon. And Keith Richards playing bass. That's right. Keith Richards on the bass. And I think Mitch Mitchell might have been playing drums on there. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a, that's a definitely uh, interesting DVD. I haven't watched it in a while, but I used to watch it all the time. Then I went down the YouTube rabbit hole. Yes. Started watching uh, GNR, Not This Lifetime, and doing Coma for the first time since they did it in the studio. Oh, nice. Pretty pretty, uh, pretty good endeavor, you know. To, they did that and Locomotive at the same show. Uh, pretty cool. Duff McKagan, not, not enough recognition. Like, my hat's off to that guy. Yeah, that guy's a stud. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's twenty minutes. You're like, you want to set aside twenty minutes. You, know, you, you have to. You can't fast forward. You gotta. You gotta analyze. I see. I, I was looking at that and watching slash play and the rhythm guitar. I don't know who it was. 
on rhythm guitar. I don't even know who's in that band other than, than Duff and Slash. <clears throat> I like that the oh, old T-Bone yeah. getting fired up for ACDC. I think uh, it, sh it should be a, a brother's night out. What do you think? Oh, uh, wait, ACDC or? Yeah, he was, T-Bone was getting fired up for ACDC. He was getting all the other, the other night. Well, uh, maybe you didn't. I, I thought we were talking about another band, though. We were, but I thought about the T-Bone. Like I said, I went down this rabbit hole watching a ton of just YouTube, GNR, ACDC. Yeah, I don't know how good ACDC is going to be live anymore, though. Only one way I, to I, find I, out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm not really into stadium tours. I mean, uh, you know, there was a time I was into it, but now it's like yeah. you, you pay two hundred bucks for not a great ticket. Well, and, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's depressing. Uh, concert tickets are just so expensive now. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, and the uh, the leading edge story just continues. What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, well, that, that, here's that involved the, the yeah. Here's the here lies the issue when you have a plane that's in production and you need parts for it. You know, stuff like especially structural. The other parts you can get away with. I think the like valves and stuff. Right. But structurally, they 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 tearing it off a you know plane that's being built. It's a whole. It continues. <clears throat> Four-month-old aircraft. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and then for folks that are listening for the first time ever, um, Big Ed's sharing a story that he's never shared on, you know, um, I don't a bird share the, plane. Yeah, I don't share a story about the Montecito aircraft, but this one I will. Right. Well, no one knew what you're – like I said, if someone was tuning in yeah. for the first or many times – yeah, well, most of the show is like that. So you have to, folks, keep tuning in. And if you miss it, listen to it on Naughty Radio. Yes. Yes. Naughty Radio. With the captain. Captain had a great picture of him uh, rubbing rubbing his turkey. Yeah, he was, he was, he had a smoker going. He did. Yep. That's like the new thing to go smoke a turkey. It, you know what? If you can't dry it out, it's pretty know, moist. I don't know. I think you could. I think the best turkey I ever had is the Cleveland. We used to, we, we fried it one Thanksgiving. All, all of us that were working, mm -hmm. we, we did the test first, dropped it in with water so we knew how much oil to put in. Like, we like, we're not going to burn down the hangar because it's not supposed to be, you know, using flames inside the hangar. But we did. And the hangar still exists. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people were doing that for a while. And that kind of cooled off. Yeah, it's a, yeah, now it's the big thing is the smoke. What do you think uh, that the next uh, trend in turkey cooking Anything to just be like, we just put it in the oven and bake that shit. 
wrap it in bacon, go back old school. No one's had a traditional turkey in 25 years. Don't go back and be like, hey, you know, it's not too bad. Stuff that goes in the hiney. Yeah, it tastes like turkey. Yeah. The way grandma used to make it. Right. I stopped by this place uh, in Winter Garden. Like, you ever been like old downtown Winter Garden? Never. You know, the the streets are brick. It's kind of nice, very, very cozy and intimate. There's a bake shop that uh, someone I work with, his wife owns and like reps some cupcakes and they are out of pies, the traditional apple and pumpkin. I grabbed the key lime pie. But I'll be honest, I'm not a key lime pie fan, but this this is something I would I would do again. Right. It was just that good. I ate a lot of desserts yesterday. I had pecan, chocolate pie, key lime pie, cupcakes. I think my day was wrapped up around eating sweets. I, I didn't eat, you know, we ate at like two o'clock. It was an early eat. I didn't eat the rest of the day. I was good. I heard <laughs> you guys had the, the traditional 24 pound turkey. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Went off without a hitch. Nice. Yep. Homemade stuffing, turnips, mashed potatoes, green beans, did, carrots. Did you do the gravy? Like and gravy. Who made the gravy? I did. Did you remember the lessons from the Big Ed School of Gravy Making? Uh, I'd say like three quarters of it. Yeah. <laughs> what, well, what, I haven't what, made what gravy. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't made gravy in a year. You just, you know. But Yeah. You know, take, put stuff in there, flour, mix, and, you know, just. Keep playing around with it. You know, so. Nice. Yeah, it's spent all day in the kitchen, so. And it's worth mentioning, and people that haven't listened before, there's been this recliner under the 429 overpass, and it seems just to move like a few inches, but it doesn't seem like it's moved all week. Don't know. There's just been tires added to it, so I don't know if. Someone's trying to accessorize the area. Hmm. I think you should leave a note. Uh, no, I think his decorations are good for, you know, it's an overpass. I, I, I don't know how much you can do with an overpass before the county gets involved. Hmm. Well, there's only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, whoever's doing it, uh, the two tires really gives it some ambiance. It really ties the underpass together. It does. And if you see what's on the other side, we call it a Coe ghetto road. It's It kind of just seems fitting for that area. Like that's the end. Like if there was some railroad tracks, it would be right there at the other side of that recliner, you know. <laughs> the other side of the tracks begins at the recliner. <laughs> Somehow the cardboard got on there and then it, it got moved. Hmm. Well, you can't. The, the cardboard's going to ruin that leather. Yeah, because what if it gets wet and it's going to get right. all pulpy and? Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, the recliners are already trash. You don't want to make it worse. You're trying to preserve this thing. Because whoever's sleeping on it at night definitely needs it. You know, he gets home, he sits in that chair, and he makes his hobo chili, 
after a hard mm. day of panhandling, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah, no I, I, I can't see a Koei being the mecca of panhandling, you know. People work over there in, the, in that area. Mm. Oh, they do. But I heard he loves his hobo chili. <laughs> Boy. Good rock and roll retrospect. Um, looking forward to this. Oh, yeah. Same here. So I was say, is... thinking of doing two more because it's such a big, big genre. Uh, it is, it, you know, and you could kind of play around with it. Um, you know, last week I just kind of filled in and just kind of something that was, they weren't a grunge band per se, but it was during the grunge time and it was Red Hot Chili Peppers, One Hot Minute. And it was the album where Jane's Addictions guitarist, uh, Dave Navarro had joined the band. You know, because at the time, Jane's Addiction was not together. And it was a different sound, you know, for Chili Peppers. And, you know, they definitely departed from that sound since. Yeah, Dave Navarro is no joke on guitar. No, he's, he's. Um, I mean, he's good. They were kind of between guitarists, right? And then they went another direction and then got Fushante back. Yeah, he only stuck around for the one album and the tour, and then he end up was kind of, you know, it depends. It's a he said, he said, you know, he said he, he was just tired and he was ready to quit, and, you know, they said they fired him. So, and for, for whatever reasons, you know, they're all different lifestyle choices that they all had at that time. But then Frusciante end up getting recruited back. Yeah, but wasn't there someone in between? Um, I don't think then, but I think Frusciante had left again later on, like during the 2010s. Yeah. He, he's he's left a couple times, and then he, he always finds it's always, his way back. always because of addiction, right? Doesn't he have a heroin issue? Yeah, he's got that. And, uh, like the first time he quit the band, he, he just like freaked out from the success. And, you know, I, I don't know where, you know, his mental space was then. And uh, Kiedis kind of talked a lot about it in his book, Scar Tissue. And uh, but for Shani, always kind of worked well in their writing process as they just kind of. Their process is just unique as how they are. They're a, at heart, they're a jam band that likes funk music. And so they just go in a studio, they find a riff, and they just keep playing with it till they figure something out. That's their writing process. Uh, that was a big problem with Dave Navarro because he was has a lot more structure, more like a traditional writing process. Like he's going to go write something. He's like, we're going to come back and play. So – there was a lot of conflict uh, there in that, that process. You know, the, Navarro is not really a guy that was into funk music, if you will, or a jam band guy. You know, he's more straight on rock and roll metal kind of player. Right, right. 
But I mean, for the one album, it worked great, you know, and sometimes you have the different processes. It brings out something different and creative. You know, I, I still think it's a, a very original album for, for the Chili Peppers. What album was it? Did you say? It's, it, it's called One Hot Minute. Came out in '96, and and they had a, I mean, a couple really massive radio hits on there. And, but the thing is, like those songs, they don't play really live. It's it's uh, very rare. You know, they could probably go a full tour and not play any any songs from that album. There are a lot of songs artists do that they so one off they play in the studio they never play it again live. Yeah, that's why it's always cool when you go to see a show and it's like it's the first time we played this live and you're like yeah nice. Like you saw the Stones back in '88 and they, you know and it'd been twenty some odd years since they did their Satanic Majesty's Request and they did Two Thousand Light Years from Home for the first time and I was like that is so cool and they nailed nice. it. Yeah, yeah, I was always like that. I love, I love to listen to New Ear Candy live. <clears throat> That's my hobo chili. That's your hobo chili, huh? Yeah. Mm. Hobo chili. I know Subway is kind of hanging out. I wonder if he saw the same story I saw on Robinson Cano. I did. Hey, how are you guys? Ooh. Oh, coming in hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bartol Cologne was also there. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And I believe. Or maybe not uh, nice. I don't know what nice. happened. I don't know. Uh, Didi Gregorius uh, was also there, too. Uh, to like a new. Um, it's like a separate baseball league uh, that many of these guys have been joining. I think it's called like. Was it? Uh, you know new- what? Uh, yes, it, I did hear it. I thought it was it's, like it's, a. It's called oh, Baseball United. It's going to be based in the Middle East and South Asia, and uh, you know it's got a lot of former ball players. You know they feel like this would be a good uh, uh, venture for veteran ball players that still have a skill set to play professionally and promote the game. Uh, I think it's yeah. backed a lot by, um, you know, Dubai. Um, yeah, Andrelton Simmons is there, the former shortstop uh, um, from the Braves and the uh, Angels, uh, Bartolo Colon. Um, let's see. I'm I, I'm looking at, like, a, there's a list. There's a website for uh, Baseball United. There's a lot of uh, former uh, players that are also working in the front office area, like Adrian Beltre is a GM. Miguel Tejada is a manager. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Like uh, Rivera, Barry Larkin, or like Financial. Sabo. Yeah. Um, Felix Hernandez. Yeah, King Felix. Um, Do you think Ichiro would play? So I just um, saw, I read something that he did like one of his traditional a game in China. I mean, uh, Japan, and he pitched 116 innings. I mean, 116 pitches. Yeah, against a bunch I, of women. I I don't. Was think it so. really? Yeah. No, yeah. It wasn't he, against women. 
Yeah, it was a it was like a a, a charity a female, event. Um, I don't like an exhibition game, but he was just wanted to play baseball, so he pitched against like a, a female high school club. They said he's throwing like eighty-seven mile an hour fastball still, though. Yeah, you know, and mind you, he's an outfielder. He's not a, a pitcher by trade, yeah. but that was that know. was Pettit's fastball was like 87, 88. So I mean, there you go. Yeah, I, Ichiro doesn't want to travel anymore. He did it for so long, uh, yeah. especially yeah. away from Japan. You know, he he's. I think he he uh, he wants to stay where he's at. I think he likes to do an exhibition. Uh, thing he could pop in and out and be done with it. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, I, I don't know. This could be an interesting league. I I wonder how there's going to be a way to follow it if it's going to be uh, televised anywhere here. I mean, there were some guys I was surprised to see that I didn't realize Didi Gregorius had no baseball contract, but. Um, no. I thought it was kind of funny. Pablo Sandoval, aka the Panda Bear, is gonna be oh, over there. Oh, Kung, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You could probably stream it. I just read an article where they're gonna next year some NASCAR races are gonna be streamed and not even gonna be on TV. Wow. Yeah. So I, it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe that'd be their their way of doing it. Oh, it's the, or, you know, the other side of it is Dubai with their money. Um, look what they're doing with the golf, you know? Right. They probably could make it happen. If they're just going to throw oil money. Let's see. I just pump a few more quarts, you know. We'll, we'll get this. <laughs> hmm. pump, it fa- pump a little faster today. We, wanna, we need a TV contract. Their money supply is endless. Hmm. You know, you pump oil, it's like printing money. Wow. Hey, you see uh, Roy Hodges, or right? Did I get his name right? Oh, Ron Hodges passed away there, Big Ed. The old uh, Mets catcher from the 70s. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think he All was right. after, after Jerry Grody. Uh, I think he got called up because Grody got hurt, maybe. Brody was my man. That was he was such. Yeah, that was a good catcher. Yeah, he played with the Mets from seventy three to eighty four. Wow, eleven, eleven, twelve seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. You know, it really bothered me when when uh, Rusty Stodd passed away. I that's when I knew, like, all right, I'm starting to. Many trips around the sun. Oh, it happens. It yeah. happens. Like, for example, when you review this album, I'm going to realize how long ago that was. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Yep. 30 years ago. I mean, 30 years ago, used to be like, oh, it's the 70s. No, no, dude. It's the fucking 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 70 years ago or a long time ago now. Hate to say it. No need. No need. Yeah. Subway, you have a list for us today? I do, yes. Hmm. Interesting. Hope you guys are ready. Well, let me uh let me cue up some uh oh no, nope, that's not what we want. Ten, nine, eight. 
seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Subway's list. All right. Um, so, um, I, um, had a list in, um, in store for tonight, but because of recent, um, uh, recent news that had been going on, um, I'm pushing that list to next week. And now I have a new list, uh, for you guys. Um, and this is, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, once I need, like, you'll know why, um, I'm doing this list um, once I give you the uh, the title. This is the top 10 greatest music duos of all time. Oh, I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, so clearly Casey Casey knows why, what's what's been going on. Uh, you guys might know. Um, well, well so don't yeah. share. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't read, share. Don't. Yep, yep. Right. Right. I won't share. No, I was going to say uh, there's no there's criteria for this list. Um, okay, okay, okay. Well, first off, yeah, no. Well, first off, this list is from WatchMojo.com. Um, so, oh, yeah. um, I would. This is credible. Um, and um, and to define music duos, uh, we are not counting like Lennon and McCarthy or like, yeah, we're not counting Jagger or Richard. No, they these guys are duos that are considered a band. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so how many people we have? Uh, we have Casey, Big Ed. Do we have Sweet Melissa here? I'm here. All right, cool. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Big Mike is here. Um, he is so not. Just, no. So just be three guys, three of you. Just the three um, of yeah, uh, and there's also two honorable mentions, um, so you guys get bonus hmm. points if uh, you guys can name the honorable mentions. Um, if you guys, well, if you guys name the honorable mentions. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, let's start. Um, how about you, Big Ed? Uh, let's let's start with you, Babe. I got you, Babe. That's who I was thinking of. Sunny and Cher. Sunny and Cher, number ten. Wow. Yep. Yeah, number ten. Um yeah, and then they uh they had a kid named Chaz Bono, the incredible Chaz Bono. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no comment. Yeah, no comment. Chaz Boner. Oh, wait, no Boner. He, he, he looks like Bruce Valanche. Looks like Cartman. <laughs> that's a that's a Cartman reference. Um uh, oh. I don't know if you've seen the uh, episode, uh, one the, the Halloween episode with uh, um, <laughs> when Randy opened Blockbuster. They went trick or treating, and they were going to one of the houses, and uh, they were all dressed up as like the Avengers. And Cartman was dressed up as the Hulk, and the guy couldn't figure. Out. The guy was like <laughs> saying, "Oh, this is the incredible Bruce Valanche or the incredible Chaz Bono or the incredible <laughs> Harvey Firestein." <laughs> Oh shit, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Sonny and Cher, number ten. Uh, great duo. Um, all right, uh, Casey, um, you're up next. All right. Well, I feel like I got to say this for the captain. A little Loggins and Messina. Nice. Loggins and Messina, not on the list. 
that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, all right, sweet Melissa. I can't even think of one other than what Big Ed said. Um, How about you and Julio down by the schoolyard? That's the duo. Me and Julio? No. Yeah, oh, sweet I know what you're and Julio. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't remember who sings that. I know who they're talking about. Well, you have the list. <laughs> yeah. I have the list, yeah. At least I know the reference, I will say. I'm glad I know what you got. I know the reference. I'm, I'm glad I'll, I'll say that. Hmm. Um, skip me and I'll try to think of two. Okay. Um. All right, we can go back to Big Ed. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Number one. Mm. There you go. Number one. It's, um, they're a great duo. Um, they're, they're, they're amazing. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, they're great. All right. Uh, Casey. Wait, wait, wait. He gave you the yeah. number one, number one okay. duo and you're just like, yeah, they're great. <laughs> I mean, well, they're, I mean, we, I think we all know they're amazing. I mean, Sound of Silence, Mrs. Robinson, Bridge Over Trouble Water, The Boxer the, is my favorite song from. How about the, the their concert in Central Park? Yeah, no, that, that was amazing. Why um, you were there? When they went, no, but like, I've seen clips of it. Like, it was, wasn't it like their first time, uh, like, reuniting and like, yeah, I think it was yep. their first and only time like back together. Yep. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. They were very it was a big it was a big deal. Dilo went with his mom. Yeah. Oh, uh little correction, I didn't realize there's actually three honorable mentions. Uh three honorable mention um picks here, not two. Um I didn't read the, the third one. Um but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh all right, Casey. Back Side note, Subway is going to go see Harry Styles reunite with One Direction. He's going to go see that with his mom. And it'll be um, a circle of life. Yeah. Uh-uh. Isn't he bald now? Well, no, he shaved his head. There's a difference. I'm yeah. bald. He just shaved his head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he shaved his head. Yeah, he's... he's he... Preemptive strike. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Definitely got people talking, though. A lot, a lot of girls are online posting videos of them just crying about it, <laughs> uncontrollably. Yeah, yeah find it so ridiculous on the internet. Okay, all right. Um, I'm gonna go Captain and Tennille. That's a good one. Captain and Tennille. Um, not on the list. Oh, shit. Okay, come on. You mean okay? Come on. <laughs> At least you. Have Didn't a they only have like? Didn't they only have commercially only have, only had like two hits, or am I just or am I am I right or am I wrong? Uh, two more hits on Subway Slam and hmm. Harry Nielsen or whoever you write with. All right, this uh, is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, sweet Melissa, do you, do you have uh, anything? 
Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog. Um, yeah, great one. Um, you know, I wish uh, I wish that was an honorable mention, but unfortunately, uh, it's not. Shit. Hold on, give me one minute. All right. I'm. It's on the tip of my brain somewhere, wherever that is. Um, Go see a doctor if you got a tip on your brain. That's the most northern point of a brain. Yeah. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. That's not a duo. Oh, it's not. I get it now. (laughs) Um. Oh my gosh. Why can't I think of these two? There's this thing called the chat to help you if you want. All right, who's banging on something? Yeah, it's really in my ears. I don't have the chat on because... Oh, that's unfortunate. I don't. I know, right? It's all up to me and my cone head. Um, Wayne and Garth. Oh, Wayne's World. Um, <laughs> Wayne's World. Wayne's World. It's a pretty good song. <laughs> um, Is that the only hit? Uh, not on the list, probably. Um, but the yeah, big hit the from list. that one was Preludes and Dick. But anyway, it's just my opinion. Wow. Uh, Benjamin was an ice cream flavor. All right, big guy. Hmm. White Stripes. White Stripes, number three. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking there's only two people in the band. It has to be a duo. Yeah. Yeah, Jack and Meg. Uh, See, Jack this White this list, in the, uh... Casey, another one you got to think outside the box. Or yeah. or read Wait. the, or read yeah. the yeah. message board. Wait, huh? But, there were two or I three? I don't have the two people. Oh. Yeah, two people. Uh, Jack White was just in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. He made a cameo. Did he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was very cool to see him there. Um, um, All right, Casey. Uh, All right. I'm going to think outside the box. Uh, Top music duos. Outcast. Bam. Number four. Damn. Yeah, yep. great rap group, honestly. And uh, Andre 3000 just came out with uh, a solo album uh, for like the first time. And I think since came... like a long, long time. Long, long time, yeah. I mean, even that short, short of a, like, sh- short of a stint that like they have, they are just considered legends. And for a good reason. Um, they have made amazing music in the rap uh, industry. Um, I like their music a lot. Um, Miss Jackson, uh, uh, Bombs Over Baghdad, um, The Way You Move, uh, Hey Ya, of course. Um, great music video, too, for Hey Ya. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, sweet Melissa, you got anything? Hollow Notes. Number five. And um yeah, so so um yeah, number five. And uh yeah, hollow notes were the main reason why I changed up to this list. Uh if you didn't hear the news, uh Hall is suing Oats. Oh really? Yeah. Um Oh yeah, no, they're they're done. 
Um, I I guess it's over. It it's. I read what's kind of about. It's kind of like Ho suing Oates over like the rights of like what to out like what to sing for their show. I don't for like their solo shows. Like I, it's messy. Um, Weren't there three of them at one point though? Am I making that up? No, what's that? It was always no. Hmm. It's always been Hollow Notes. Um, I love Hollow Notes. Um, they made them. they uh, made my favorite song of all time. Um, out of touch. Um, huh. yeah, that's my favorite song. Uh, fun fact. Uh, um, I have a cover band of them. It's a tribute uh, band. Sucks. Sucks that uh, they're they're called Ball and Floats. Yeah. Hello, is this thing on? Yeah. Um, okay. My, mine's called Doors and Wheat. Um, yeah, no, but um, it sucks that this is the way they have to end. Because um, I, I really do l- love their music. Um, my so other cover, oh. my other are. tribute cover band of them is uh, Breezeway and Rye. Yeah, very <laughs> popular in the southeast. All right, uh, we'll do one more round. Um, so, uh, all right, Big Ed. Duran Duran. And Duran. They could be a lot of Duran Duran, not on the list. and No, they're more than two people. They're like... They're in the eighties. They were five. Right now, they're four people. Duran, 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 and Duran. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do do you? Uh, should I give Big Ed a second chance? No, no. I don't need special treatment. I nailed uh, the two top five. <laughs> you know what? That's fair enough. You got you got the top ones. Uh, all right, Casey. Uh, I can only think of one duo that should be number two. And that's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that is not number two, and that is not on the list either. Wow. Well, not even guess- honorable mention. Yeah. Well, they get an honorable snub. Nope. Parents just don't understand. Right. Or subways. <laughs> All right, sweet. All right, sweet Melissa. Do you have anything in mind? I hope so. <laughs> I got one more. Yeah. Did it? Nancy and Frank Sinatra sing a song. Maybe they weren't together. Maybe it was dubbed Something over. stupid? Yeah. No? Something stupid. What? No, no, that's a song name. Yeah. Nuh-uh. That's yeah. a song name. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, that's a song name, yeah. No. For real? Oh, for fake. All right. Well, that's my answer. Is that your answer? Yeah, but I don't know that right. song. Uh, not on the list. Well, Yeah, not on the list. <laughs> all right um hmm. all right, i guess we can do a rundown oh i got one wait a minute we, we, oh you got one. you got one tim mcgraw and faith hill yeah sorry no uh well what anyways uh not on the list <laughs> no okay it's wrong <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll give you I, I'll, I'll do a rundown oh. um so number 10 Number ten, we got. Yeah. Don't need to share. Uh, nine. Number nine, tears for fears. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're two people. Yeah, great. I love them. Uh, number eight. Uh, I don't know if you guys. I don't think you guys. Couldn't yeah, get I don't over think you guys tears. would have number eight. They couldn't yeah. get over their fear of tears. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Um, oh, you don't um, think we number eight black keys? Oh, the black no, keys. Yeah. Black keys, and they're very, very recent. Yeah. He's saying we're um, old. Gold on ceiling. Come on. Gold on ceiling. Hey, great, great song. Great song. Uh, number seven. Um, I'm surprised, uh, you guys, well, I wouldn't say surprised, but <laughs> could have gotten it, but the Everly Brothers. Okay, good one. Yeah. Um, number six, this one I'm very surprised none of you guys guessed, um, the Carpenters. Oh, it's um, yeah. my mommy's favorite. Turn it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very, very surprised. Um, especially, I think, Casey, you guessed them in the last list uh, we did last week uh, when we were talking about debut albums. Mm-hmm. I think you did. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, finally, number two, uh, Daft Punk. Who? Oh, Daft Punk, yeah. That's a good one. What about Steely Dan? Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. And uh, that's got to be an honorable. Oh yes, mention. about Stewie Dan, that's an honorable mention. Yeah, I, I know well, it. Well, are Tim and uh, Faith on that? Righteous list? Brothers. Righteous Brothers is another honorable mention. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the last one, you guys can. Do you guys have an idea on the last uh, honorable mention? Uh, I don't. <laughs> hmm. No. Uh, arithmics. No. no. Arithmics. <laughs> Yeah, so because uh, I lied to you, honey. <laughs> this guy who did this list, he just threw um, darts at a board. Like, I got one, I got this one. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even uh, here. Here's a here's a uh, here's a uh, duo that never got mentioned uh, on this list or I'll mention, but was mentioned in the chat. Uh, Eric B and Rakeem, uh, a pioneer of uh, hip hop. Seals yeah. and Croft. Seals and Croft. Oh, yeah. yeah. You Bridge know what? We, troubled yeah. water. You know, we what they never talk about in Eurythmics <laughs> is when they changed Dave Stewart's and they went with the 1989 Dave Stewart of the Oakland A's. It, their sound was never the same. But no. they had a better uh, breaking ball, though, that year. <laughs> yes, because in rock and roll, uh, it's all about the breaking ball. It is. Yep. But um yeah, that's uh that's the list I had. Um I have um and yeah, uh my schedule list will be um happening next week. Um so um be on the lookout for that. Now I wanna know what it is. You wanna know what it oh, is? Oh you stay changed- tuned. I get it now. Never mind. Stay tuned. I understand. Yeah, I changed it last minute. This was the the one that we, yeah, the one that we did today was not supposed to be the list for this week, but because Hall knows, yeah, it shows you how Subway can change it up in in a moment's notice. It'll it'll just show you that Subway is going to talk about his new tribute band, Walkways and Corn. Yeah, Walkways and Corn. 
Yeah. <laughs> Call notes. Yeah. All right. No, that, I, I know. I know. But like, Roost and acorns. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of talent out there. <laughs> Windows and gluten. Yeah. There you go. She's getting it. Windows and gluten. <laughs> See? Kind of. Windows ain't gluten free. You know what's so crazy? Um, Windows no gluten. Das gluten. Yeah. You, you, you know what's so crazy? Thanks the for the idea, uh, Casey. But, uh, thanks for the idea, Casey. Um, context. Uh, Casey knows this, but um, I uh, I'm part of a uh, rock band in my school. Um. And I'm the lead vocalist, yeah. Um, thanks for the... And we don't have a band name. And now uh, we might just have one uh, after the idea. Thank you, Casey. The walk You're welcome. Show. But listen, Uh-oh. don't be like uh, Jim Morrison and show your wee-wee on stage. It's frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look how popular you became, though. <laughs> no. Actually kind of derailed their whole career. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, kind of ended in litigation, and oh. Elvis died in the bathtub. And oh. That was that. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you telling me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on TV or something that just came out? Of no, it, it just it, you know this is how the. <laughs> The doorways work in here. Oh, yeah. These doors just keep opening. I'm like, shut the door, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ can't hit a fat. <laughs> Are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Oh, no. I like him. I like Jesus. He's good. <laughs> Up yours, Joe Boo. <laughs> All right. Well, good list, Subway. Uh, Thank you. You know, and entertaining and uh, yes, entertaining as always. So we, I, we'll I have a quick the- question for Subway though about this band of his. What kind of music? Rock, all all rock. Mainly, we've been doing grunge. Actually, very very uh, very um, coincidental. Yeah, we we've been doing re- uh, grunge recently. Um, so we've been covering a lot of uh, song grunge songs. So we did. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Did you end up doing a Rage song? Yeah, yeah, Killing the Name. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm, yeah, so yeah, I'm doing a, yeah, Rage. Uh, Nirvana, we're doing, we're doing a Breed. We're covering Breed. Um, Good, good song. Yeah, and we're going to eventually, I know we're eventually going to do Radio, radio, uh, Creep, Radiohead. Um, yeah, and uh, you know a couple Bon Jovi just to throw it in there. Um. But um, I'm also probably going to suggest uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers eventually. Nice. Well, because uh, why not? I like that band a sure. lot. A lot. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> well, um, Big Ed, how are you looking on your end? <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like he's about ready. I knew it was coming. 
I, I know I know this I know your shtick. <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> Big Ed's rock and roll retrospective. Take it away, Big Ed. Thank you guys. So keep it with the uh, grunge alternative music. We're going with uh, Nirvana in utero, nineteen ninety three. In utero, the third fi- third and final album by the American rock band Nirvana, released on September twenty first, nineteen ninety three. Nirvana hired Steve Albini to record in, in utero, seeking a more complex, a uh, little more abrasion in the sound that was more reminiscent of their work prior to Nevermind. Frontman and primary songwriter Kurt Cobain said that the album was very impersonal, expressing feelings of angst that were common among the band members in the band's previous album. The album was recorded over a two-week period in February 1993, at Pachyderm Studio in Cannon Falls, Minnesota. That's an odd place. Why? Let's go to Pachyderm. After recording finished, rumors circulated that the record label might not release the album due to Albini's abrasive and uh, uncommercial sound. The album then was remastered by Bob Ludwig to achieve a more desirable sound for both Nirvana and their label. The band later hired producer Scott Litt to remix the singles All Apologies, Heart Shaped Box, and Penny Royalty to the dismay of Albini. Cobain said that he chose Albini because he had produced two of his favorite albums, Surfer Rosa in 1988 by the Pixies and Pod by the Breeders. Cobain wanted to use Albini's technique of capturing the natural ambiance of a room just by strategically placing microphones throughout the room. Before the recording, the the band sent Albini a tape of demos they had made in Brazil. In return, Albini sent Cobain a copy of P.J. Harvey album, Rid of Me, to give him an idea of the acoustics at the studio that he was desiring sound for. The band topped producer, uh, the album was received with critical acclaim. The album was released to the alternative market and the mainstream once again could not ignore it. Rolling Stone reviewer David Frick said the album is a lot of things, brilliant, corrosive in range and thoughtful. Most of them all at once, but more than anything, it's a triumph of the will. Well, if you tell me, that tells me nothing about the album. The Independent commented that in spite of the more abrasive songs, In Utero is a beautiful farmer often than it is ugly. Nirvana have wisely neglected to make an unlistenable punk rock nightmare they threatened us with. The album went platinum in 10 different countries, multi-platinum in six of the countries to include six times in the U.S., five times in Canada. I would say it was a success selling 8 million copies worldwide. Nirvana, you have Kurt Cobain, vocals, guitars, Kurt Novoselic, bass guitar, Dave Grohl on drums, and then an honorable mention to Kara Shaley. She played the cello on All Apologies and Dumb. You had 12 tracks, 48 minutes and 12 seconds, the perfect listen. The album opens with Serve the Servants. It's a mid-tempo, raucous guitars and vocals that set an abrasive tone. Through the anthemic choruses, offer therapeutic moments. The raw sonic quality paired with the introspective theme, introspective themes made it an impactful mission statement, ushering in Nirvana's most challenging era. Scentless Apprentice, Novoselic's bouncing angular bass line propels this in, in utero's standout track. The abrasive guitars and raw vocals drive home the rambunctious mood 
while the propulsive rhythms powered by Novoselic's high energy playing gives Scentless Apprentice has its friendly intensity. The band is tight and focused, make it an impactful statement. Heart-shaped box. If you haven't heard this, then you, you don't know who Nirvana is. It's one of Veneuro's biggest hits with cryptic lyrics overlaying guitars and alternate between clashing and anthemic. Their propulsive rhythms and raw vocals capture the album's abrasive yet cathartic vibe. Rate me. Grohl's intense machine gun drumming sets an aggressive tone, underscoring the raw guitars and defiant energy. The abrasive sound captures this album's unvarnished production and darker themes. Francis Farmer will have her revenge on Seattle. <clears throat> this song showcases Nirvana's musical range, shifting dynamics from gentle acoustic verse to an explosive chorus driven by an abrasive guitar and raw vocal. The song's title reference a tragic Hollywood figure hinting at complex themes. Dumb. This is an impactful in utero track featuring stripped down instrumentation, contrasting abrasive songs. The hushed acoustics and vocals communicate a melancholy yet cathartic feel. The emotional delivery drives home a certain rawness and vulnerability that makes this a gem and a standout. Very ape, an aggressive up-tempo track driven by thrashing guitars, pummeling drums and raw vocals that epitomize the abrasive side of in utero. The loose, noisy feel captures the unvarnished production style. The intense delivery matches the daring assault. Milk it, an aggressive distortion, heavy track capturing in utero's raw aesthetics. Propelled by the frantic rhythms and corrosive guitars, this song has an intense, unhinged energy that exemplifies why this album is marked a daring new chapter for Nirvana. The delivery matches the abrasive instrumentation. Penny Royal T, I, I really like this song. An impactful int uh, track featuring stripped down instrumentation with an emphasis on Cobain's raw vo vocal delivery and vocabulary. The somber composition and melan melancholic mood of Penny Royal T exemplified Nirvana's ability to craft compelling songs that resonate emotionally with listeners, even within their characteristically abrasive music themes. Radio Friendly Unit Shifter. An aggressive, raucous track, again, exemplifies the raw aesthetic of a new utero. With its noisy guitars and defiant energy, this track seemingly mocks commercial aspirations, fitting an album that saw Nirvana dodging mainstream sound in favor of bold artistic vision. Tourette's. This sounded like a compilation of all the songs with all musicians playing and marching to the beat of their own drum. This summarizes the sound of in utero in one song. All Apologies, an emotional closing track featuring stripped down, backed up instrumentation contrasting previous abrasive songs. Widely considered one of Nirvana's finest moments. All Apology spotlights Grohl's outstanding percussion subtly alongside Cobain's poignant vocal delivery. The simplicity yet vulnerability captured Nirvana evolving as songwriters while retaining their authenticity. Nirvana's final studio album, In Utero, has only grown in critical acclaim and influence over the past three decades, proving itself an essential listening that still feels impactful and relevant today. Though it met with some controversy upon its release for its, uh, for its abrasive production and challenging themes, In Utero showcased Nirvana's artistic boldness and musical mastery. 25 years later, Dave Grohl's frenzied percussion 
Chris Novacellic's versatile bass lines and Kurt Cobain's gritty guitar and vocals feel just as vital. Songs like The Scathing Heart-Shaped Box and The Vulnerable All Apologies reveal new facets of the band's renowned songwriting. All tracks like Milk It and Radio Friendly, Unit Shifter contain riffs, rhythms, and energy that still feel fresh and cutting edge. Appreciative, appreciation continues to grow for the defiance of convention. Intimacy of emotion, the defiant spirit that in, your, in utero captured their vision as musicians. No longer obscured by controversy, it now represents the pinnacle of their creativity and influences in all its wrongness and power. For this, I give this three and a half Montecitos. And the Duke Boy of Nesquad could continue the mischief and gate crashing and track jumping in his general lee with jams like Scentless Servants or Very Ape. I'm Big Ed. Listen and enjoy. Uh, very, very good. I've been uh, dying to hear you review this. I album. worked hard on this one. I used a thesaurus and because I just wanted to get painted a little better, you know. It deserved it. it I, I was a big hate, not a hater, just not a fan, never really got it. And then, I don't know, one day I was listening to uh, the the Black album. I don't know the name of that one. Oh yeah, well it's it's like a, a it's like a greatest hits, lack of a better correct, one. correct with a couple new tracks in there. Yeah, yeah the first song on there uh, just really captured me, and I just started listening. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, my generation, and you know, uh, and th- this Nirvana just spoke to me. Um, I can remember the first time i heard uh in utero it was so exciting and we were riding in my friend um uh, i don't know if uh, the other case who was there but we're riding in the sky eric lens in high school uh riding around his mustang and he's just blasting it as loud as possible top down going up and down uh dale mabry and that's all we did all night <laughs> and uh it, it was something that we were we were waiting for this album and to me i look at it now i look back i still think it is the most perfect punk album ever produced uh in in my opinion and to hear the opening chords that boom 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 yeah of scentless apprentice just uh it just takes me back into a time machine and I'm, I'm back in that Mustang. It's a... Yeah, Setless Apprentice was probably that and all apologies. Um, really, really liked. And Penny Royalty. It's great. Tr- Look, there, like, yeah. to me, there's not like a dead track in this album. I think it's... No, it's I don't think so done. either. Now, compared to Vitology, this is a much better... I, I just think for continuity of music from start to finish the way the tracks are placed that's that, that's what I, I also like when I listen to an album yeah it would be interesting now Steve Albini had been doing interviews uh, with David Grohl they were on um, uh, Conan O'Brien's uh, you know he's got a podcast I think uh, like Conan Needs a Friend or something like that and they were on there discussing because they're doing a big re-release of this album, like you can buy like special limited edition. Really? Yeah. And they 
they were, and I think also cursed no selects there too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, Albini and the rest of the band didn't really jive at first. You know, he has a very specific process. I mean, look him up. His background um, is uh, insane of how many bands and albums he's he's produced. But he, him and Kurt kind of butt heads a little bit. But, you know, I mean, here you go. In utero, and you know, I I had reviewed a, a Bush album, and Bush had specifically reached out to Albini because they knew he was the guy in, in utero, and they're like, we need that guy. They wanted to create a sound themselves. Yeah, and, but he uh, knew he knew what Cobain knew what kind of sound he wanted, mm-hmm. which was kind of. I did a lot of reading on this, and this was really. Kurt Cobain's baby. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Big Ed, that, that was pretty fun. So I'm, I'm glad to... I'm, I'm looking forward to listening again on Naughty Radio. And uh, can listen uninterrupted with the album The Follow. That's going to be a treat. What if they wanted to request a song or listeners or an album? Well, uh, they, they can always reach out to us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Beer Seats. That's our handle. Or you can email us at the show at warmbeerandcheapseats.com if you have um, album ideas or uh, how do you cook your turkey. <laughs> uh, what is the name of your uh, Hall & Oates tribute band? How to Rub Your Meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like your turkey. Oh. All right. Yeah. What, what were you thinking about? I don't know. Apparently. Not I don't turkey. know. I got stumped. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, Nirvana and Utero. Oh, yeah. Also, oh, wait, 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 wait. All right. All right. It's a little side story in the, the other Casey's uh, kind of in the chat room. And I, I, I got to say, because we were just kind of mentioning the chat room, we had a mutual friend that had a uh, – we, a bunch of us had like CB radios because for whatever reason, we just thought it would be fun. It was cheap and we could talk to each other in our cars. You know, we were on, we were on a little smoky in the bandits, if you will. Mm-hmm. However, uh, a friend of ours had like a PA – put into his car so it was like an external speaker and he would play nirvana's tourettes and then just sing it as loud as he could <laughs> through the pa <laughs> and then people would be walked by his car <laughs> here just screaming it, it was the best it was the uh oh absolute best <laughs> casey bauer i'm reading the, the the chat room now i don't yeah. I, I don't really look at it during the show because it goes blank you know, yeah the, the phone goes dark Sure. He named all of my uh, all my choices just about. Yeah, yeah. You, he's usually, uh, you know, um, he's got his, uh, you know, pulse on things. Yeah, is he afraid to call in? Thinks he's going to make fun of his TV size. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably got like only mm-hmm. like uh, a thirty-five inch uh, <laughs> tube TV. Yeah, it was. Black he's got a with the, rotor, with the rotary dial. He's got like a. He took he's like got a broom a, handle and notched it. That's his remote, you know, from six feet. Click, click, click. Co- click, click coaxial click. cable. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, he's 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 at the Times, you know. He's got the box right. with the buttons on it, you know, that sits right next to it <laughs> on the armrest. Folks, look, if you're wondering how big should your TV be, um, it's probably not big enough. It needs to be big enough where you need to step out onto your back patio. Yeah. And that's about the size of Big Ed's TV at all times. Okay, folks? So if you think you got a TV as big as Big Ed, you don't. Okay? The guy And if is, Casey uh, Bauer comes to your house, he's going to watch your TV and drink his vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. Uh, all right. So, Big Ed, what, what do we got to look forward to next week, do you think? I want to do two more, and I kind of want to go outside. I think I told you what I was thinking about doing. Yeah. I, I really – just to, and, and it's all because of you because you turned me on to them. I don't know what year you got me to CD for the Big Rack. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. But I was nice. wondering, do I do the what? do I do the the sophomore endeavor with the sixteen tracks, or that'd be a long. Uh, what is it? The uh, big wreck. Great album. I I wouldn't mind doing it. Listen, I can I, that, that I can listen to every day. <laughs> oh the ple- oh the pleasure and the greed. Oh yeah. Uh, and and wow. then maybe fill it, finish up with some Soundgarden or Alice in Change. I'll let you guys decide the last one. Both. Boy, uh, you know, I just like the idea of the captain's like, I got to play how how big of an album? <laughs> and yeah. I'd say we, I, but it's such I'd a good album. Go I, for it. I say the pleasure and the greed. And, and you know, obviously you're going to have to probably uh, mute some parts or, you know, chop it up. But I I stand by it. Um, I, I, I could do like a 20 word or less each song. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic album. It's a triumph. I mean, what a sophomore endeavor. You got to like it. You're like, we the, won't the, do a it, double album. We'll just put everything, we'll shoehorn everything onto one album. That's what yes. they did. I, I think that's the maximum amount of music you can fit on a CD, is what they did. Yeah. That's a great album. I, I'll forget I got that album from you, I think in 95 or so. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around I was there. Hooked yeah. and I just listened to it continuous. On I put it on a loop, on a CD. Yeah, that was one of those. I was like, oh yeah, you know what? Big Ed's gonna need this for his uh, little repertoire. Yeah, because in thirty years he's gonna be doing a retrospect. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while I kind of get it right. You nailed it for sure. Well, I'm. Good job on the uh, retrospective. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hey, yeah, you want to hear? That was a hear, lot of work. That hey, was. you want to hear some something I, I would consider irony? What's that? Uh, so it, this was published by CBS News, um, and then you know there was a report uh, by the international charity uh, Oxfam and the Stockholm Environment Institute. Uh, you know, talking about extreme inequality with climate change. And 16%, uh, it was something like the, the top 1% <laughs> yeah. uh, of, of the billionaires uh, equal uh, basically 
what was it? It was uh boom, boom, boom. So it was like people, whatever, the, the top 1% wealthiest people in the world are creating as much pollution as 5 billion people on the planet. So it would take 1500 years for someone in the bottom 99% to produce as much carbon <laughs> as the richest billionaires in a year do, uh, oh, according to uh, Shira Liguori. Uh, and she's a climate justice policy advisor. Um, and then they broke down, uh, like Oregon State had broke down a list of like the top polluters. And uh, number two, by the way, is uh, Bill Gates, which yeah. I thought was hysterical. Wait, who's number one? Uh, I don't know, Rothschild or some cocksucker. Oh, no, 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 no. He's this, uh, uh, he's this Mexican dude uh, that's <laughs> uber wealthy. Oh. No, um, part of the cartel. no, Carlos Slim. Like, no, no, he's he just sits I, there and runs a jet engine in his backyard twenty four seven because he can't, no. you know, hotel to a big, it's a big PW Pratt Whitney three ninety back there that just puts out ninety thousand pounds of thrust. There's there's no grass in his backyard. Mm. Or, the, just or, it, or the or the whole neighborhood for that fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put a couple GE jet engines on the back of his yacht. GE nineties, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. He probably uses them as inboard motors. Yeah. Inboard, outboard. Yeah. <laughs> He's got two of them. Yeah. Ch- chum in the water. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. I just saw that. Um, and then I saw who's number two on the list. I'm like, oh, Big Ed's going to love this one. It's uh, Dickhead Gates always just uh, somehow uh, gets on those lists somehow. So well, you know what? That's why you just keep your mouth shut and live life. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, you're just making things worse for the world, not for like your neighborhood. For the world, for the world, and and then we have these super pigs that are coming down from Canada, and folks. I've been saying it from day one. Canada's a problem. <laughs> these super, super pigs. pigs. What is that? Super pigs, dude. I'm they're they're think. basically they're. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, said super bacon. They, that's what exa- I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking. Well, you know, some states, they like Florida is one of them where it's uh, technically open season all the time on uh, feral pigs. But feral pigs are a problem. They, they're brought over by the Spanish, you know, in the 1500s. You know, for they're going to like our food is going to just roam around here, <laughs> except. Uh, they adapted too well, but they have like what they call these super pigs that have um, evolved and uh, they're, they spread diseases that can kill like farm pigs. But um, this sounds like a really bad movie. Well, all right. Here, here's a stat here from like the U.S. Department of Agriculture. It was uh, 65% or more of the wild pig population is killed every year. And yet, the population still increases. Damn. Figure that out. Figure that math out. They're like guppies. <laughs> Except they're like pigs. They're yeah. like... But I mean, they multiply like guppies. Or, or guppies like super pigs. Something. <laughs> That's just too much. Speaking of guppies, they're starting to get to be a lot in my tank. <laughs> Uh, mine are like thinned out. I think I think like their ovaries are shot. 
They're they've they're gone through menopause. Yeah. I think they went through the change of life. <laughs> yeah, well I'm down to like three or four of the original fish. Like one neon, one I don't even know what that thing's called. <laughs> it's a tetra, it's something that's you know, looks like an angel fish, but it's not. Oh, oh, uh, a a black skirt. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, those are great. There's one of those, one neon. Hey, let me ask you: Does your placostomist like to come up and just like pop air? Um, not normally. This guy, he likes to just uh, eat air, and he goes down, and he just like releases bubbles, like he's farting out his mouth or something. Mm. I don't know. Uh, now what you gotta make sure is the uh your filtration um uh, when they, when they say like a pocosmus or like a catfish goes up the try to gulp air yeah the air might be too thin on the bottom of the tank and you're uh, you're you're it's not circulating enough where the oxygen is getting down to the oxygen. yeah i got two pumps yeah Unless, um, do you, do you ever siphon the gravel? That, that could be a problem too. Yeah. Well, you might, you, you, you might want to do that because, uh, that, that could be an issue too, but look, just, just turn around. Look, listen, folks, you're listening to Tetra talk. I'm Casey, (laughs) big Ed, sweet (laughs) Melissa. And, uh, we're here to discuss all the top Tetra news that's important to you. Yes. <laughs> uh, neon. Just remember, if you get two guppies, you're going to wind up with twelve. <laughs> All right, listen. If you get twelve guppies, you're going to be like me and have. I got a ton. I think I might take the net and just scoop it in and then dump it in the other tank. They're good though. The tank, oh, that tank is pretty healthy. Next week on Tetra Talk. Next week on Tetra Talk. Neons, low lights, and cardinals. Which ones matter to you? Maybe, maybe I'll find a Petey this week. Oh, oh, oh you mean a tree Petey? Tree Petey. Tree Petey. We'll call him Trip. Yeah. Tree Petey, uh, Trip. You, see, you can't call him Three Petey because then um, you know you'll have a Pat Riley. There'll be a copyright over. infringement. Yeah. A- exactly. Yeah, you can't do that. So we call him Tree Petey. <laughs> what did Pat Riley have? Uh, he, uh, Pat Riley actually uh, patented the phrase. Uh, <coughs> and um, oh, I missed it. Yeah, well, <laughs> not going to get sued. And I'm not paying the guy. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was certain that the Lakers were going to do that and they didn't. And then the bulls did twice. Can you tell me later? Sure. He should have, he should have called it tree Petey. I wonder if uh, Petey and repeaty are hanging out with that Mexican lobster, but you know, one can only wonder. Only the, I, was, I was very disappointed at how uh, quickly he uh, passed. The cartel got him. 
He went fast, and then they just ate him. Wow. Yeah. I'll show you lunch. <laughs> yeah, they, they do that. Hello. Sometimes. It says, like, instead of hello, Newman, it's like, hello, lunch. You know, it's funny. All right, so you're doing, like, a little uh, effect there. It made me think. I, I hadn't watched uh, the uh, – all right, the, the Tom Hanks, uh, the – the the baseball movie where mm. where's the the women's yeah. baseball league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The league of their feel, own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I oh, forgot. John Lovitz how, was the best. Yeah, yeah. I I hadn't watched the opening mm. with John Lovitz and he's just like <laughs> he had so many damn lines that was hysterical. His sarcasm was is just uh, him and David Spade on SNL, their sarcasm was the best ever. But he was like uh you know like you know he walks in on the girls milking the cows, and he's like, "That looks like that hurts." Yeah. <laughs> All right, now if you don't mind, excuse me, I got to go home and give the wife the pickle tickle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. Mm. And he's only like in really maybe ten minutes of that movie. Yeah, it, it might even be. Yeah, if, if it might that. be less than that, less yeah. than that. But he's, so he's, he's a standout. He steals the scene. Yeah, he's, he's very funny in the movie. I don't know. I just forgot how funny his scenes were in that movie. I hadn't seen it really. Um, and then it was real late. And then the other night before Thanksgiving, I kept Sweet Melissa. festive movies. Yeah, festive movies. Uh, Boogie Nights. That's very festive. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what's this? That doesn't like, get you in a holiday mood. Nothing will. <laughs> well, Listen, I said, I go, Casey, are you watching she, sex? She, yeah. She's like, what, what is going on? Like, are you watching a porno? She's like from the other room. We're are you watching a porno? You know, and and uh, I was like, no, I'm just watching uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg become a star, you know. <laughs> And, and uh, a big I'm, comeback for Burt Reynolds, like out of obscurity, he hadn't done shit. I didn't years. realize that was either one that, of them. I didn't. Realize. I was telling her the same thing. He like his career had actually he had done nothing for for years, and this kind of reminded people, kind of the range and you know, if you gave him something with meat into it, and then he was committed to it, you know, he he can add that depth as an actor, and. Uh, yeah, he, he he was great in that role. I didn't even know it was him. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, hey, wait wait, another uh, uh, John C. Riley, another role. There's John yeah. C. Riley in there, just chewing up the screen, man. Mm -hmm. If not like almost like stealing scenes, mm -hmm. you know, you know what? Almost almost like a pre stepbrother type of role for him. If you if you think about the scenes like where they're doing the weightlifting and drinking tequila. Yeah. Yeah. A very dark like a very if this was a dark stepbrothers. Yeah. You know? He was so <laughs> he played I mean it, 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 if you look at it, it's foreshadowing twenty years later, twenty five years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh gosh. Um, he was great. Uh, well, Subway's uh, favorite girls in there, uh, Heather Graham. That's really her her mm -hmm. big breakout role in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Julianne Moore. That was really yeah. for her a breakout role. And what about uh, the dude? He was the cowboy. 
He had the stereo. He had the, the speaker oh, store. Don Cialdi. Yep, John uh, Cheadle. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cheadle, Cheadle. Uh, I don't know when. Who else? Who was it? Who is the? Uh, like who is the guy? He's dead too. He was. Uh, oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he played Scotty, yeah. and 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 uh, man, he he played such an awkward guy. But uh, he's yes, great, man. he was great in that. He here he had a t-shirt on his belly, he'd be hanging out. And he wanted to show him. He got this new two forty Z. Yeah, the two forty Z. How did he die? Uh, okay. like overdosed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not hard to figure out if they're dead for sixty. What killed them? Yeah, but that's a. Uh, I don't know. We we watched that the other night. I'm like, well, this is a weird pre-Thanksgiving movie, but I'm like, it's <laughs> it's a good movie. I liked it. Once we yeah. got past all the porn. Yeah. Or whatever. Porn's fine, but I'm not going to watch a whole movie made of it. I don't know anybody that ever watches the whole movie, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I watched it twice in a row. (laughs) Look, it's cinema. Yeah. They should have just made them shorts, you know, like like the uh, old Three Stooges or something, you know. (laughs) 17 minute shorts. That's all you need. Yeah. Pop goes the weasel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Are you watching a porno? <laughs> well, that's it. Well, I want to thank everyone. Uh, Sweet Melissa, Big Ed, the Subway. Good job. I'm going to keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. Peace out. WBs, yes. Naughty Radio, don't forget. Yeah, that's